Okay, hello and welcome. Welcome to The Connectors. Hi, Quentin. Hi, Joe. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Doing very, very well, guys. Thanks for the invitation. Very welcome. I'm very excited to introduce our guest today, Chris Kolbaba. And he is a business developer and talent connector. And I would love to share his bio with you and uh, tell you a little bit about him and why he's on the show today. So Chris has been involved with people and connecting them together his entire working life. In early days, he was a unionized labor advocate working as an elected full-time chairperson for a local manufacturing company. After 17 years there, he was able to transition into a government-funded role and was a key contributor in the introduction and evaluation of the second career program with the Ontario government. Chris was able to connect stakeholders together to create a network of action centers across southwestern Ontario, was able to fund an entire cohort of students at Fanshawe and the RPN program and has since transitioned into public speaking, facilitation, training, web creation, case management and other titles. Currently, he is technical lead for a new local startup using AI tools to dramatically increase business productivity called The Second Brain. Welcome, Chris. Thank you for such a warm introduction. Thank you very much, Jolyn. <laughs> Welcome. I really hope I said your last name correctly, and I should have asked you that before we started. <laughs> no, that was absolutely perfect. Thank you very much. <laughs> Great. Glad to hear it. Wow, you've got a ton of different experience. Well, the, one of the things that I found in my life is constant and consistent curiosity. The uh, adventures I've been on have, have really happened by me just saying, I wonder what might happen if I tried that. And as I tell folks all the time, if you volunteer for things, whether you know what you're doing or not, oh, now you're too far in for them to kick you out, so you better just make it work. And there have been some great wins and there have been some amazing catastrophes. So part and parcel is uh, there's an old saying to fall down seven times and stand up eight. So I'm, I'm still standing and still falling and still getting up. That's great. And I met Chris uh, at an LEDC event in London, Ontario, which was a networking event. And from the moment I met him, I was totally excited because he's just he's very enthused. He's a master connector, which he was what he calls himself on LinkedIn, uh, which obviously I was intrigued by, wanted to know more. And he was so willing just to give me, you know, multitude of um, resources and information and just tips and tricks in terms of technology and things that even Quentin and I were using for the show. So I truly appreciate that. And you're the type of people we want to have on the show. Um, I'd like to know what connection means to you. Oh, what, you what an interesting question. And it's such a dynamic question. I think that as human beings, one thing that became glaringly clear through this COVID adventure we've all been on as a globe is that human beings do need connection. We are not a species that does well solo. Of course, there are some people that do like to just be alone and there's no problems with that. And there's other people that can be anything but alone. And for the other 99% of us, we do need some level of connection. So really to me, that connection is a sharing of energy. It's a sharing of ideas and ideals. I feel that as we're going through life, we all have a journey, we all have a story, we all have moments where we get to be the hero and there's moments where we're not. So I, I think it's really important to reach out and have what I and other people have coined as a servant mindset. 
How can mm -hmm. I help? What can I do? Mm -hmm. Because when you're helping someone else, a couple things are going to happen. Number one, you're going to feel good. And that, that's just a byproduct of helping somebody. Number two, usually you're going to learn something new. Even if you've done it multiple times, there's going to be some addition into what you are doing. And the last thing that happens is you're going to have an abundance in your life. I have found over and over again that the more I give, the more I seem to receive. So I just tend to try to give everything away. Maybe that sounds counterintuitive, but it allows me more connections, deeper connections, and more gratitude for the connections I have and have yet to make. That's great. No, I love mm. that. And you know what, that's a good point. You said it doesn't bother you to give that much, right? Where some people, I think I've noticed people who, who give, who give, who give, but then they're always complaining about the people they give to. Right. Because I think they, well, they're not getting anything in return or they're expecting something in return. And, you know, if you give freely or you give to the people that, you know, I think are going to sort of reciprocate. That's that's the difference. Yeah, there's a, there's a very old thing. Now, I'm going to modernize it because it's quite misogynistic. It, it starts off by saying men are not mountains. Well, there's other people than men on the planet now. But I'd like to say <laughs> thank that you for people, saying that. Yeah, yeah, very, very well. People are not mountains. And the crux of that statement is that mountains never meet. They stand there, they stand alone, and they stand mm. forever. People are not mountains. We're meant to meet and go forward. I would challenge anybody that has a servant or a giving mindset, if they feel they're not getting enough back, maybe that's a signal that you're not giving enough away, or perhaps you're giving it in such a way that people take it and leave they haven't connected with you mm -hmm. so that's another part of the process is one of the things i've asked people is is how do you feel what 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 is the one thing we spoke of today that really just hit it out of the park for you what was the best thing we discussed as a coach as a consultant as a business person i asked that question consistently i don't know what the best part that you had today was and I'm not interested in accolades. I want to know what are we going to give you more the next time? Mm. And I, I feel that creating that type of a mindset and that type of experience lets people say, wow, that Kobaba guy is not, you know, although he is ruggedly handsome, he's also quite generous. <laughs> so they, they tend to come back. Yeah, that's it. And you were talking about like the wins uh, that can happen and the yeah. challenges that can be in our way. Oh. And that brings us to something that we have on the podcast, which is our wins of the week, mm -hmm. where we share something that has mm -hmm. gone well this week or mm -hmm. over the weekend and fails of the week and what perhaps didn't go so well and how did we handle it? So I don't know. Do you have a win or a fail of the week? Ab absolutely. It just literally <laughs> happened yesterday. Now there's still lots of days in the week left, so I can, I can still fail. That's okay. Uh, to me, that when you fall down, it's actually, well, it is painful, but it really is actually an ability to find a certain way not to do something. So it's never necessarily a failure. It's a lesson if you take it as such. So I was helping mm. uh, one of my clients, and they were getting increasingly frustrated trying to understand how to use the process, the project management process that was inherent in the second brain build that we were doing. So mm. I did realize this person was a baker. So I stopped trying to talk in the way I understood and I started asking, well, can we think of this like a recipe? 
so what, what ingredients do we have and what are we going to bake? And it was a really neat reframing where finally they were able to say, I think I got it. And then they got excited. And we were supposed to be done two hours before. But they mm. were so excited. I said, well, then let's keep going. If you've got the energy and you've got the ideas, let's march on. And it was from the low to the high. It was wonderful. It was a very interesting swing that we both experienced. So, Quentin, what a wonderful question. I'm glad that I literally had an immediate answer for it. And I love how you transformed that through you connecting with him, through you transforming the metaphor and yeah. and presenting it to something that he can grasp better. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, It's one thing to communicate, but if we're communicating in a language that the recipient doesn't understand. So several years ago, I used to be very emphatically attached to the lugubriousness of my own dulcet tones. So using big <laughs> words, right? He liked the sound so, of his voice, dear yes. listener. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I was starting in public Thank you for dumbing it down for us, yeah. Well, well simplifying it, right? <laughs> uh, but that's that was my lesson, and that was several years ago, where a professional public speaker who I'd asked, I said, hey, can you give me a tip? And he says, yeah, mm -hmm. get out of public speaking. I said, well, that, that's not much of a tip. He says, look, you're using words that cost one, two, three, five dollars. Those are wonderful five dollar words. There's lots of letters in them and they're very complex. And if your audience only has ten dollars to buy your words with, they're going to be buying two words. So if your words only cost a penny or a nickel, they're going to have an option and they're going to have an opinion. They can buy more words. Mm -hmm. I thought that was one of the best chunks of advice I've ever had. I consistently try to remember that not everybody wants to buy what you're selling. So you need to adjust into something that's familiar and what they want. Mm -hmm. The, uh, the old analogy is the glass half full is a glass half empty. Don't forget you can refill the glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, what a great opportunity Speaking to, of in that. a way he shared with you, right? Like, so you yeah, had yeah. the ability to look at it and go, oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't know that. Maybe no. I, I can tweak how I speak a bit. And yeah, yeah. that it's connection good. allowed me so, to connect to so yeah. many others in such a deeper way and then to share that connection going forward. So yeah. it really is the, the, your podcast here. This interview is all about what I'm about is connecting and allowing people to see and observe and perhaps take a little bit into themselves we all weave this tapestry of our lives, all these different colored threads. Well, what if your rug is somewhat beige? <laughs> Do you really want to be the red thread? Then again, maybe that red thread is exactly what that rug needs, a little splash. But you're never going to have it if you don't connect. Yeah, exactly. And just yeah. add back to what you were saying, you were so willing to share with me. And right there, I was like, this guy needs to be on the podcast. Absolutely. So. You texted me after the networking I event did. and I said, did. this guy's got so much information. He's sharing so much. He's so cool. We've got yeah. to chat with him. Yeah, yeah exactly. How about you, Joe? Wins and fails, ma'am? Um, I'm just going to do, actually, I have one in, in the same. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, um, I was away for an evening with my mother last week. And I always do my best as I mature to try to approach my parents a little bit differently every time. If I'm spending one-on-one -on -one time with them, 
I'm trying to find out more about them because I feel in my younger self, I didn't do that as much. There was a lot of things I probably um, ignored or didn't understand or just tried to move forward with life without. But I feel I'm at a stage of life. I'm really trying to understand where my parents were coming from and give them a little bit of space and patience to be who they are. And um, there was a couple of times I got a little bit frustrated throughout that. I don't spend a lot of alone time with my mom. So just so you know, and it a few times I just thought I could have been a little bit more patient. But then I was also proud of the times that I was able to just sort of sit back and ask her questions that I typically don't ask her or sit in a moment with a response that I didn't like from her or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's yeah. it's a nice stage to get, start to get into with with my folks um but yeah it's uh it was i felt a, a win and a fail in the same mm -hmm. yeah I opportunity for I growth yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well what you my fail was that my power went out this morning which was a real pain uh so i didn't have power for two hours but it's okay i cleaned the kitchen and all that jazz uh, and my win is so cool. I got news today that um, I, w I was in a documentary about English speaking people that settle in Quebec. And um, that was like two years ago. And I told some stories about my experiences. And I just got noticed today that the National Film Board is going to be showing this in like two weeks time no way. And yeah Congrats. and they don't show films that they haven't produced themselves so this is amazing oh so and awesome. where is it going to be available to watch Do you know? it is called waves of change and i will make sure to put the link for that in our notes and i have to give a big <laughs> shout out to the english language arts network because they provided funding for this project and Guy Rogers was the producer director. So awesome. super exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. Oh, I put my hand up. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I was looking for like a, a clap emoji. Oh, awesome. I, I was like, oh, we got very formal there. Do you want to <laughs> yeah. ask a question? That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Oh, you got it. Okay. <laughs> I think those are both such fantastic wins. Those are really great, Joel. And I resonate mm -hmm. with that on such a deep level with your parents. Mm. I am very lucky that we did not have any Romani gypsies when I was a youth because I'm pretty sure I would have been traded off for a bag of beans or something. <laughs> I was not a great son <laughs> until I learned how to be. And my parents mm. are so impactful to my life and my journey. I spend a lot of time with them now because they're in their 70s. And mm -hmm. I'm going to miss complaining about them one day. Exactly. So I'm trying to get all my complaints in today. Uh, not not really. It's But you, you made an interesting point, Jolyn, as we transcend this arc of life, how much our lens changes. And I thought mm. that was a beautiful and, and very wonderful, warm reflection. Quentin, I am astounded. <laughs> that there, number one that there was a film made about english speakers in quebec uh <laughs> tongue-in-cheek probably not quebecois driven uh because there's a very heavy line uh, i mean the meech lake accord was still in my lifetime there was a lot of very mm -hmm. difficult conversations about the quebecois identity francophones uh acadians out on the uh, coast so what a wonderful opportunity to mm -hmm. represent 
the Anglophones in Strangers in a Strange Land. What do you What do you say? Yeah, the aim the aim is for inclusivity and advocacy around being multilingual, about being cosmopolitan. So it's our attitude is saying, is isn't it wonderful? coming back to your metaphor about the threads that we weave in our lives. Isn't it wonderful that we're weaving this magical carpet with all of these different cultures and languages and people represented, which is very different, as you say, to the Quebecois mentality, which is very protectionist, yes. Well, I, I think that it stems from a long history of having to carve out that identity and to be very proud of who they are. And it's not to me about disallowing connections, but allowing connections and bridges with a traditional sense of identity, which must be difficult when you're a small percentage of a, of a nation. What a wonderful film. What a wonderful, I'm really looking mm -hmm. forward to hearing what it has to say. Thank yeah, you. Me Thank too. You. It's great. <laughs> And um, just but it's not about me, so let's <laughs> no, bring it back no, to no. Chris. I was like please. switching gears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> switching gears. Uh, we should have a little fun noise effect for that. Call it switching uh, gears. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, idea. <laughs> Good idea. Um, this is also where we come up with our ideas as we're having conversations <laughs> with our guests. Yeah. Um, Chris, you and I have talked quite a bit about technology and yes. AI and the direction that it's going. I'd yes. love to hear more about the second brain and, and yes. the. Yes. New thing you're working Jeez. on. Mm -hmm. So it's not a creation of mine per se. There's a gentleman named Tiago Forte who has designed uh, the Para model, the P A R A for the project you're working on, and that will be involved in an area. So an area is an evergreen thing. A project is a beginning and ending thing mm -hmm. in that area. So the mm -hmm. area might be communication. The project might be our episode today with the connectors. And the resources you're going to use might be the software, might be the script. And when we're done with it, we're not going to toss it away. It's still very important, but we may archive it. And that is the A portion. There's, there's another system, GTD, simply getting things done, about managing your tax and creating a streamlined approach to keeping the important things at the front, measuring your progress, daily, weekly, monthly tasks. And again, things come up and things go down. There's several different types of software. What I've been concentrating on is using one platform called Notion which is very robust, which is just a fantastic repository mm -hmm. for this process. And I'm enveloping, so the notion is about keeping things in line. So if you could think that's the left-hand side of your brain. Well, we, we got the other side too. We've got our creative part, so taking notes. How do we take notes? Why do we take notes? So many people think that note-taking is a construct of writing down every single word. No, there's some systems, the Cornell note system. I'm not sure if the listeners or yourselves are familiar, but I'll give a very brief description. You mm -hmm. take a piece of paper and you draw a line across the bottom quarter, the bottom third, and then you draw the top half and split it. So when you're taking your notes, you're taking the highlighted points, you're taking the references on those two. What I like to do is separate the bottom half and look at the resources, how I'm going to use it, and how it made me feel. So I've 
amended it a little mm. bit. But the Cornell note system, it's not my invention, but it's a very useful tool. So there are some other softwares such as Obsidian, uh, Evernote. There's, there's dozens. You really want to find one that works for you. So there's two areas here. There's an accumulation of personal knowledge. I want to get healthy. I want to develop a deeper relationship with my parents. I want to remind myself to get this book and do that reading. And then there is the business knowledge or the business process. That's your paramodeling, getting things done. How they collide and coincide, you're going to be utilizing the external. Second brain is also referred to in medical terminology as as your endocrine system and different nerve systems. We're not, we're not talking about that per se, but we're talking about an external cognitive process that's going to kind of do all the scut work for you, all the remembering, all the tasks, writing down checklists and things like that. So our, our process is, is somewhat to build an external second brain and to communicate with people my thought is that we're going to give them some productivity. We're going to compress the time on tasks. Mm. So if we saved you 15 minutes a day, and that equates to about an hour a week. So, Quentin, what would you do at the end of the year if you had a whole extra week? What would you do? <sighs> what could the I do with a yeah. week? What would you do with a week? That's, that's, when you say it like that, that sounds like yeah. a huge chunk of time. That would be very valuable. It is just from a workflow process that tweaks my work during the day and sh it shows me how I can improve. Yeah. Is there a feedback mechanism yeah. within it? Like I've well, used Notion, but I don't know your platform. You're, you're going to come back at the end of each week and review, well, what worked? So did this okay. work? Did I do that? So you're going to be building habits in there as well. Mm. So there's another uh, a part of this. So you're like doing like a, an agile kind of sprint sprints and you're Correct. sort of, yeah. Okay. Yeah, great. But, but cool. if we're staring at our feet, we're only going to know exactly where we are. We need to look up and look around a bit. If I put my head down and started walking and I'm walking for days at a time and I look up and I thought I was going to see Quentin, but I'm going west instead of east i mean that really is very counterproductive i mean i had a lot of energy i had a lot of motion in the wrong direction so it's very mm. important to review at the end of the week well this worked and this doesn't simply because we're giving you the second brain system does not mean that you're not going to personalize it into your own unique circumstances maybe somebody wants to learn a little bit more about cooking per se Wonderful channel. If you're into cooking, sous vide everything. I love Guga. He's a really great guy. Does lots of crazy experiments, like cooking an entire steak in a pot of butter. Like, it's just nuts. But uh, he's he actually butter-aged steak for something like six months. I mean, the guy's a bit of a kook. But it's fast. I'd rather watch him do that than me try it. That's expensive, yeah. and I want to eat the steak. <laughs> I can put that in there. So... Utilizing the second brain, uh, Gantt charts are not sexy. There's nothing interesting about a Gantt chart. But what you do find interesting is you can create, for an example, a specific example, a bookmarks page. And that bookmarks page can have a page, and I can say, I want to go into my cooking areas. And then I can have toggle lists that just flick up and down, so I'm not taking a lot of space. Oh, I like mm. my sous vide recipes. Oh, I want to find more... What's Gordon Ramsay got to tell me about this week? What's Jamie Oliver doing? 
So you can use these to become more efficient, even in looking for things you've already saved. You, you want to learn to categorize, prioritize, segment, project manage and Amazing. hack your own life. Wow. Right. So yeah. you mentioned Tiago Forte is sort of the pioneer yeah. in this. And what would be, is there a difference between what you're, what he's established and what you're trying to do and where you're well, trying there, to take this or? There are several people that have tried similar things like this. I'm not necessarily a pioneer per se, but what I'm trying to do is not only learn this, but then distribute that knowledge. It's again, it's marrying different systems. It's, figuring out how do we do things, utilizing artificial or augmented intelligence. Just read an article today. So it's interesting. There's a young lady who created an avatar of herself, not her, but it looks an awful lot like her and filled it with some dialogue and you can date her for a dollar a minute. <laughs> Ooh. I'm not going to tell you how much money reported isn't it, someone's made. Isn't uh, it called Tinder? I, I, no, <laughs> no. This Only is fans. all virtual. <laughs> this is all virtual. Okay. So, do you, do you remember the movie where the man fell in love with his phone? Mm -hmm. It wasn't too long ago, but mm -hmm. this is very similar to that. So people are using this technology in really well self-serving ways. I'll, I'll say. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting social experiment. Mm -hmm. There was another young lady that told her family she was traveling the world and all she was doing was inserting herself into different pictures, never left her living room for a month. So we, we've come into this. <laughs> she really, really didn't like family world. dinner. <laughs> well, that's one way to get out of it. I mean, for me, yeah. just say you got a flu bug or something. No, I'm, I'm off to yeah. France. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, there's a lot of things that people can do with this. However, the argument to me always is who benefits when I was in the right. union, that's, that's a question that I would always ask. Somebody would come to me with a question and I used to call it rep shopping. So I want you to change this. And I would say to myself quietly, well, who benefits? Is this for you or is this for the membership or is this for the company who benefits? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, quite often it was not for anyone but themselves, which is human nature and that's fine. AI takes this to a whole nother level who benefits. Yeah. So this woman creating this avatar that people can date, well, who, well, all these men aren't mm. lonely anymore. They just have to sign over a lot of money to virtually date her for a minute at a time. Okay. <sighs> Which is interesting to me, but it dives into connection. What mm -hmm. is connection? Totally. Yeah. What's a whole like, I, directions. how can you, how can, I can chat with her. I can get a relationship with her. I can start developing feelings. Yeah. But is she telling her end clients? Actually, by the way, it's a chat bot. Sorry, I guys. I'm that not she, flicking. I she marketed it, that, that it is virtual. Wow. So the other. So part this is... connection is feeding the end client with enough connection that they keep coming back and they keep so Same, to come yes, to our primary so brain, we all do things as human beings based on emotion. Mm. And that's why it's so difficult for us to understand sociopaths and psychopaths, because a, a sociopath does the wrong thing, even though they know it's wrong, they feel guilty. But the, the psychopath, psychopathy has nothing. So that's why they're they very lack empathy. Yeah. 
-hmm. they, they have no humanity, what we would describe as humanity inside of them. So then how do we come to this model where people are sharing with a virtual construct, but I can tell her all my secrets and she won't judge me. Uh, she yeah. can teach me how to speak another yeah. language. And, but she, and I can but surprise she my wife. She can't reach yeah. out and touch, touch me though. Like, so I, and this is where I have a little bit of a problem with, like, for example, I've been in some, I guess, situationships, I would call them because they didn't feel like a relationship. They were all through the phone and people had this aversion mm -hmm. to meeting in person at times. And I always thought, well, isn't that what the kind of the goal is to get to is to meet the person and start, you know, start connecting mm -hmm. as humans to, you know, and together but some yeah. people i think that scares them and so i could see there be part of the population that might like this option but if at what point if you're, ne if you're yeah, neurally yeah. true true yeah true. yeah what about teaching children where they can do homework with a cyber nanny Oh, so now, now, now you're getting into some weird stuff here wow. where, again, uh, uh, I don't know, Jolyn, if you and I spoke about the pen or Quentin, if we spoke about the pen analogy that I had. So people are asking me, well, what do you think of AI? Aren't you scared of it? I said, are you scared of a pen? Well, no. Well, why not? I mean, I can, you know, if, if I was very violent, I could stab you in the eye and kill you. Not that I would. I mean, that's not me. Not my not my jam. Uh, uh, Jolyn, you have lovely hair. I, I am bereft of said locks. But you could use it to hold up your hair. Yeah, you true. could use it to write a song. Or, Quentin, mm. you could use it to write the next proposal to the subsequent film about being the English speaker in Quebec. Uh, so there's many things you can do. Music, Indeed. poetry. I could draw a cityscape, a landscape. My worst fears, I can journal them. Or... I could have used it to create the atom bomb or I could have conscripted thousands of people to their death in different wars, or I could have signed an execution paper. So the pen is not evil, good or bad. The pen is a tool much like AI. So for me, it's not about being cautious of AI. It's about learning all that it can do so that I can then be prepared when somebody tries to do something that I may not agree with, I'm going to be able to see some patterns mm. involved in that. So robocalls is another bad thing of AI. You can program it to speak. So all these calls from people trying to get money out of me, I can pre-program all the arguments in there. No, mm. that wasn't me. That was this software. I'd prefer to use it for productivity to give Quentin an extra week where he can go to Bali or do whatever he would like. Uh, Joe Lynn, you can have a whole week with your mom. But the <laughs> gift is yours. <laughs> the gift that keeps on a giving. Over <laughs> and over and over. I'm oh. I'm just blown away by this. I didn't realize uh, how yeah. um, like all the interconnectedness this could have with different things. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned the marrying systems, that's mm -hmm. like, I find even where I work right now, there's sometimes issues with new technology coming in and they didn't consider all these other technologies and tools that we currently use before mm -hmm. they implemented it. Um, but you're saying, you know, a lot of how these other tools work and working, yeah. how they're working together. Yeah. Th that's where yeah. the future is, is integrations or taking what, Mobile technology has really taken over in the last few years because it's portable. We have cell phones now that are miniaturized laptops. Smart TVs are just a really large cell phone. That's how intelligent the phones and the TVs are, but they're mm -hmm. dumb. 
because they only mm -hmm. do exactly what you tell them. Now taking some of those mobile apps, integrating them into native internet web-based formats, which allows greater connectivity, coupled with a language model that can learn from the input of the users to create mm -hmm. quicker ties. Now we're getting into some space age, very Asimov, George Orwell, thought police type of things. Mm -hmm. I can connect with this idea of systems and take it a little bit further in the Orwellian. I read an article, I don't remember if it was like Harvard Business Review or something, I'll try find it, but it was saying that the next president of the United States will be an AI elected president, that there will be so much supporting this person and the system of running for presidency and the process of running for presidency, mm -hmm. that everyone will be making use of an AI tool to write his speeches, to plan the campaigns, to plan everything. Wow. You have to remember, however, that using these tools, it's very flat. So nothing is ever going to, well, I shouldn't say ever, but likely in our lifetime, it would be very difficult to replace the emotional aspects of human language and connection with software. You get into the argument now with cybernetics and some of these other processes of cognitive awareness. I mean, I, I just think, did anybody ever remember the Terminator movies? I thought I was, I was joking around with my buddy and he has a business. I said, you need to create a chat bot and call it Skynet just to see what happens. And I, I don't think so, man. <laughs> Truth be told, it, it, it redefines what connection is. So when we talk about connecting, Joel and you said, well, isn't it about meeting face to face yet? Here we are, three people separated by hundreds of kilometers having a very vibrant, intellectual, connected mm -hmm. conversation. And then we're reaching out and connecting to the listeners, which is another layer of connection. And then they're going to talk, wow, I really heard this really interesting podcast. That you got to check it out. Yet another layer of connection. Mm. So, so what is connection and how do you define it? Or do you define it? Do you just keep seeking to build upon it? Mm. It's a very interesting, very interesting mm. thought. What, what I perceive that we can do with some of the isn't it interesting that in our society the most helpful people are looked at as the, the least worthy how much do daycare providers make mm. as, for example mm -hmm. yet psychologically you're half of who you're going to be by the time you're three you've imprinted your basic mm. human construct by the time you're five years old kindergarten is a garden of children we're growing them like flowers some some of them are weeds I've, I've got five of them so i can speak to weeds uh but they're all <laughs> wonderful and beautiful because a weed is only a flower in the wrong place mm. so these neurally typical people or people that are add people that are ultra creative and don't do well in a school system maybe now there's a way for them to connect and to learn and to yeah. be a contributor mm -hmm. would it be now that we can utilize some of these ai constructs to change the paradigm of knowledge I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I just mm. know that everyone's running into this thing and, and not afraid of getting shot by the bullets coming at them, which is interesting. My mind is blown. I'm going to be thinking about all this after for a while. Yeah. 
I'm gonna have one. I'm gonna want to have another conversation about this. Sure. And I love that you, if you came back later to the show, yes, once you get you. second brain going, and we can talk yeah. more about it because I'm fascinated. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What well, a wonderful topic. I think your I've, listeners as well, and Quentin, I apologize for for over speaking there. I think your listeners as well would do well to think. This simple podcast, when I say simple, what I mean is it's not a lot of time to invest and it's just a very vibrant conversation. So when I say simple, all I'm saying is it's three people talking and sharing an idea, but I wonder how big the ripples from this conversation will be. Mm -hmm. I love that. Absolutely. Totally. And and what you were saying just a minute ago about how to what what's the definitions of connection you know and then mm-hmm. how can we put this into our lives well joe and i have grappled with that for several months on figuring out what is it mm-hmm. that is the um the juiciness that we want to talk about what's the essence topics of, yeah. what's the mm-hmm. essence what's the meaning the purpose and and we ended up doing a lot of brainstorming and coming up with lots of different ideas that all funnel around and end up drawing us down into this connection uh, mm-hmm. atmosphere and space. So, yeah. Is, is connection the touch? Is that the connection? Is it a physical? Is it emotional? If I told you a story that was, was very heartfelt and you, you thought, oh my goodness, that was a, what a wonderful share. I can't believe how brave Chris was to share that or, or a, a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a fan of Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce was a very, very raunchy comic. Mm-hmm. And he said that the audience defines what funny is. Because yeah. he'll tell a joke, and if they laugh at it, it's funny. And if they go, ooh, too far. Mm-hmm. So they're actually comedians, when you look at it, who are typically very anxious and depressed individuals. <laughs> they are setting the tone for a lot of the social constructs or social limits of how we connect with humor and I love I really love comedians actually I'd say in the last two years I've watched more stand-up comedy than ever in my life and I really started to connect to to stand-up comedy because I think because it was encompassing of everything I'm doing right now it was me thinking oh I'm ready to use my voice oh I love how this person just says how they feel and they don't care what you know how people (laughs) respond or telling a story that you wouldn't normally hear or being very vulnerable and, you know, sharing something you might not always share. So I, I've started to really resonate with it. Yeah. yeah. So you mean yeah. you've connected? Yeah. Connected. <laughs> yeah. And you're right. Like connection is so many can be mean so many different things yeah. and it doesn't have to be touch. You're right. But I also know for me personally, when I'm meeting people in a room, like if I'm collaborating on a project at work, I like to meet them in, in the room at work. Um, mm. more than I like to meet them on the, you know, through the computer. Well, you know, the thing is we all had COVID and I like to say, I'm just laced up from the waist up. You can't see my pajama <laughs> pants and my slippers. It's all good. <laughs> and one other thing we talk a little bit about on the show is direction changes and reinventing ourselves and, mm-hmm. you know, pivoting or recalibrating when we need to. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, a time or a story you could share where maybe you've had to you know, what, shift what, and reinvent what, what you're what doing. Time, what, what time is it now? You know, honestly, it's, it's, uh, Ten minutes left. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I'm just saying my... my I, I know you have it, many, I'm sure. Um, yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm always reminded of that episode with friends where Ross is directing in the couch. 
and they can't move. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yet, yet sometimes that's what it feels like where everyone's shouting at you to pivot and you're like, I can't. I don't fit. I'm stuck in a corner. Yeah. I'm stuck. I can't bend anymore. Um, so being a parent was a real pivot for me. That was very interesting. So many moons ago, my first wife and I, and, and we still get along. Uh, we were 14 years old and dating. We went to driver's ed together. We went our separate ways and got together when in our late teens. And when I saw her the next time, she had a little dude in hand. So I saw her in the restaurant I was working with with her mom. I said, oh, you've been busy. She says, yeah. I said, you know, so what are you doing? Well, I'm doing this and that. And I said, oh, number still the same? She's like, yeah. She didn't expect me to call, but I did. And I kept calling her every day. And, and we were married and had a couple more kids. And I, I think we all have those moments that define who we are. And family, to me, is a really, really key definition. So when I became aware of who I was as a father, and my daughter has significant challenges, she was born with a tethered spinal cord. So it's a milder form of spina bifida where the spine doesn't quite close. So some people get to meet their heroes, some people don't. I, I gave birth to one. She's amazing. She went through four spinal surgeries inside 22 days. Her physiology was very Whoa. odd, where the surgeon who's literally done 10,000 of these says to us, well, I've never seen physiology like your daughter. And you just go, oh, what yeah. else do you say to that? So she, is, uh, she has a rod inserted, bolted to her spine. It looks like a Frankenstein movie when you see the x-ray from the top of her bum to the bottom of her neck she's filleted like a fish to hold her upright because at one point her spine literally looked like the letter s but you know what she's a happy little sock she's a wonderful human being she's creative she's funny she has challenges she has attention deficit she has dysthymia she has audit central auditory processing disorder there's physical challenges and you know what we just we, we play games. I, I play this board game called King of Tokyo. Shout out to the tabletop gamers there. But, you know, I don't give her any quarter. I'm, I'm a big games player. And if she wins, she wins. It took her about three years to beat me. But now it's about 50-50. And <laughs> she's incredibly talented. She's very good. But I figured in the game of life, nobody's going to go easy. And as a matter of fact, there's people that will cheat. Yeah. So she's going to I never learn. let my son win either. And people always nope. thought I was mean. It's <laughs> like, nope. no. <laughs> no, it's good. If, if <laughs> everybody everybody <laughs> comes in first, nobody's first. Sorry. It teaches determination and yes. grit and resilience and that feeling when you've beaten your granddad or your dad or your mom. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. <laughs> You're like, finally. In, in there's several conversations about people that have made it and lost it. Those people are going to survive because they know how to start from nothing. Mm. The people that had it given to them and they lose it, they don't know what to do because they've never had to do that. Look at mm -hmm. our, our king. Participation awards. <laughs> king, king Charles. You, you know, you hear all these stories about what he did with Diana and just, just horrible things. And mm. really, though, did you expect anything different from somebody who had every whim, every mm -hmm. thought was valid? Yeah. Talk about yeah. connection, you know, that that's a great disconnect, being surrounded by thousands of people and not really being able to talk to any of them because they're all servants. Or he yeah. had a station, he had a position to play. 
uh, it was quoted to Robin. It was Robin Williams as an actor, not as a person. It was a movie that he was in where he said, I used to think that being alone was the worst thing. It's actually being surrounded by people and feeling alone. Mm-hmm. It's been attributed. And that's, again, that missed connection. So what what is connection? To come back to that, to circle over, this podcast is a lens of connection, a very good one. It's very simple because I, I turn on my feet, I let it go. I can just relax, kick back, and listen mm-hmm. to the dulcet tones of uh, Kolbaba proselytizing on AI, having a That's chuckle it. with Joe Lynn and her mom, and looking <laughs> for Quentin's movie to come out. But it is a connection. Uh, it's a connection, yeah. So, Chris, what do you think there is one thing that we all need in our lives to be successful in business and or life? I think you need to practice pardon. I think that's the biggest thing that I have learned. And for me personally, there's so many things that I wish I hadn't done, I wish hadn't happened to me. And then I realize, you know, if they hadn't, I wouldn't have been who I am. Mm-hmm. So that's that's mm-hmm. okay. I've already survived all the worst days I've already had, which is a truth. I'm actually mm-hmm. the youngest I've ever been, even even though my daughter reminds me I'm an old man. Okay, well, I am, but I'm still the youngest I've ever been. <laughs> it's about the lens that you're looking and how you're connecting with yourself and being able to really give yourself that pardon is critical. You're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As a business owner, some things that keep you up at night are, did I let my client down? Did I let my family down? So I think you need to enjoy your journey, the ups, the downs, the wins, the losses, and give yourself pardon for all your mistakes and give yourself permission to make another one. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that because it's I a constant l- reminder, right? But yeah. uh, I think it's important in keeping ourselves going, you know. And it's an important process in maturing. Like when we're young, we're not very kind. We don't know our emotions. We don't know our attachments and what drives us. And then as you grow up, you start figuring out things and you start connecting with yourself a little bit more. And hopefully you get to the point where you have self-compassion and you know what's working for you and what directions you shouldn't go in. But like me, it took me a good 30 years of my life, you know. To sort of get into that. Well, I'm a big fan of Carl Jung, Jungian psychology, talking about mm-hmm. cyclical experiences. The first portion you don't know and it's not leveraged. The middle portion you do know who you are, yet it's not leveraged. And it's in your last third of your life, you're self-aware, leveraging that self-awareness. Mm. I've met people that are in their 20s that are in that third phase. I've met people in their 70s that don't seem to know how to get out of phase one. So. Yeah. It's a journey. And again, I feel that coming back to connecting with others, looking at what they, I like what Quentin did. I'm going to do some more of that. Joe Lynn really gave me an idea that I maybe, even though don't uh, like talking to my mom that much, maybe I have a different lens now as I understand she was just love is an action. Love is a verb. It's not what we say. It's what we do. And mm-hmm. she was just trying to love me the best way she knew how, even though it drove me nuts. Okay. It is what it is. Mm. I mean, you can't argue a fact. The sun comes up, sun comes down. You only get so many sunrises, but each one's different. Mm-hmm. So just take a few moments and appreciate something as common as a sunrise, yet as uncommon as a sunrise. 
Are you going to connect with that experience? Yes or no? That's up to you. I'm not going to judge. I'm just going to reflect. That's great. I'm uh, I'm Perfect. so I'm so glad you were here, Chris. And Thank you. yeah, so glad you came on the show. We are um, thrilled to have you here. And I I learned so much today. Just to recap on a few things, mm -hmm. um, we learned about AI, and you talked about the second brain. We mm -hmm. talked about the importance of connection, um, mm -hmm. practicing pardon, about marrying systems, integrations, the different layers of connection. That one really resonated mm -hmm. with me, and I think that's mm -hmm. something we'll we should take further into uh, mm. our conversations, uh, Quentin. Um, anything else that stuck out for you, Quentin? The saying of being a mountain, you know, considering that, that, that mountain aspect, and that made me feel, yeah, okay, where have I occasionally presented myself as the mountain? And mm -hmm. where should I eat some humble pie and connect more with others, for example? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where can um, we give? Where can we give more too? I think is sometimes I do get in my head. I get heady about things about well, what am I getting out of this, right? But I do think I need to be in that service mentality more frequently. I, I have a I have a, a thought about that though. I think it's because I was in hospitality and in service industry growing oh, up, and it yeah. was kind of thrust upon me. <laughs> so, now, yep. so now I'm like, serve me, serve me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get so, that, but I think everyone should have a service job in their teenage years. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. There would be a hell of a lot more nicer customer service out there and nicer clients on totally the end. Yeah. But I, I've always said, and I don't remember where I heard it, but for years I've said people that aren't nice to the server are not nice people. Exactly. They, they are yeah. they are there. Big red flag. Yeah, it's That's huge. Good. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the I always tip very well because a lot of people live on their tips and if the service wasn't great and if it and if it was them I'll leave the tip and I'll just say I hope you have a better time the next time but it'll be around 10-15%. If I like it I've tipped upwards of 30% before. Mm -hmm. That's fine. If you can't afford it don't go out. Exactly. Very simple to me. Yeah. 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 Well, so that's true. That's Chris if there's a where could people get a hold of you? So our audience, if they want to get a hold of Chris, Absolutely. where's the best place? One of the easiest places, well, if you Google my name, because I'm a little extra, you'll get about 16,000 <laughs> results of Chris Kolbaba. First couple pages on a Google result, not the first couple results, first few pages are usually me. Not the wow. Alberta guy. There's you Alberta work guy very hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's it's uh, uh, being uh, in a lot of places and the Google juice from that. So you can find me on LinkedIn, simply Chris Kolbaba. That's, mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's an easy way to find me. You can uh, get me through email, CP Kolbaba, K-U-L-B-A-B-A. Christopher Paul CP Kolbaba at gmail.com. I'll answer that. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. I've done several different interviews. You can most importantly find me talking with the connectors. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> we are definitely having you back. So, yes, definitely. So, I just want to thank you again. And that does it for today's show. Uh, please make sure to check us out on all platforms, like and subscribe, and we will have more episodes and shows coming out soon. Thank so you. come along for the journey and let's connect. <laughs>